I'm going to kick off a new series, but I want to chat with you for a minute. You know, God's doing something so special inside of this region, uh, and we've just, we've really been graced to be born in this time, to be a part of something that's so much bigger than City of God or any church or really any city. And uh, he's doing something unique in this city, and it's going to actually flow through the city, and he's allowing us to be a part of it. You know what, um, Paula, won't you come up and, uh, and pray for us? Put my wife on the spot. I just want to say first that I love the way you worship. It moves me. Let's pray together. Hands on hearts, please. Jesus, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you said just come like a child. Thank you that you said if you're tired, you can just come. Thank you that you said if you're hungry, come. Jesus, I just ask that you would show us the things that we need to give to you. Every time we're with you, you change us. look at you. Help us to see you. Help us to see ourselves the way that you see us. Open our eyes. Oh, Holy Spirit, give us strategies. Mm. what we need to do. Jesus, I thank you that you said if you need wisdom, just ask me. I'd love to help. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for new things. Jesus, just help our hearts to be open to you in a new way. We thank you and we love you. In your name, amen. I asked my wife to like pray for me because she's like, when she prays, she, she cries and it's not generated, but it's a tenderness. And I think that uh, scripturally tears is actually a gift from God. It's a gift. The angels actually catch your tears. You might not see them, but there's angels around you. They actually catch your tears and God, they actually write out things in heaven. And God makes sure that the things that you're praying, even with your tears, come to pass. It's, it's very unique, you know. It's like, you know, we, we live in a natural world, but we cohabitate in a spiritual world, and there's angels around you at all times. And uh, Ben's got this gift. Ben's tender. Ben will cry when he says anything. You know, and I'm like, Ben says he don't like it. And I'm like, that's a gift? No, it's a gift, for real. It's a gift, you know. And um, it's really a preface into where we're going because, you know, the Lord wants to speak to us about community. Uh, Pastor Nate was on point tonight with some of the things he said. Because God wants to bring revival inside of this region, but God wants to do something greater than the city. God wants to bring revival inside of the world, all right? 
Revival is something that's prepared so that God can step on the scene and change things. That's what revival is, when God steps on the scene. So when you talk about it, you're preparing something so God can step on the scene. And he begins to bring great change inside of our hearts, inside of our families, inside of our cities. You guys can pop that uh, graphic up. Maybe we have um, the title of it is called Streets of Gold. And um, I'm going to chat about it in a minute, but we're going to do a, a three-part series. We're going to tag team this. I'm going to go today. Uh, Pastor Ben's going to share and Pastor Nate's going to wrap it up. Um, but the heart of God is to always bring revival, and it's not for it to stop, but it's so that, and think about the, think about the word for a minute, it's to revive. It's the breath of God. It's how God made man from the very beginning. And when God formed man's body from the dust of the ground, what's the first thing he did? It says he breathed or he revived him. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So revival doesn't mean just you, you, you're not living right. Revival means it's the very breath of God. It's what animates you. It's what changes you. And it's for us, but it's for everybody. And it spills over into a community where the streets are changed. The community's changed. Everything begins to get changed. It's because he's stepping on the scene. And really, to be honest, there's nobody in this room that can contain God. We have God inside of us, but we can't contain God. Like, what do you mean? I don't know what I mean. Because Scripture says all the heavens can't contain God. Scripture says the heavens, even the heavens cannot contain God. So what makes us think that we can contain him? So when he wants to step on the scene in his fullness, there has to be a preparation or all of us might just be up in heaven before our time. Do you see what I'm saying? And this is what's happening in this region. Last week on Monday and Tuesday, I was at a prayer summit. Took Alan with me. Y'all pray for Mafo because Alan stayed in a room. Maybe that dude snores. <laughs> I was actually with Alan maybe more than Mafo was last week because then he went to Atlanta with me and he went to the gathering place and he was in a room with me. And I still I had like a little bit of a cold. I'm good now, but I was coughing in the middle of the night and I'm like looking over Alan. And he, <sighs> I'm like, snap, dude, don't nothing wake you up. <laughs> so y'all pray for Mafo. But we were at a prayer summit with about 30 to 40 pastors, and everyone is inside of this same thought process that you see on the day of Pentecost. Everybody was one accord in one place, and then boom. It's not just last week, but it's something that's happening inside of this region that's unique. There's national voices. And the reason I keep saying this, because I've said it before, is because it's putting something inside of your heart. I'm seeding the atmosphere right now with faith inside of your heart because God is doing something very unique inside of this region. Do you hear what I'm saying? But these national voices who don't live here, God's speaking to them so he can echo outside of what's going on here with these voices saying, yes, not only am I going to bring revival, but it's going to boomerang around the earth. Like, listen, God is not a God of just a city or even a generation. He is a transgenerational God. He speaks in things way, in, in ways where it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's multi-generational. And what we're a part of, this is what I'm saying, we're graced. We're honored. We have no clue. At the conference I was in in Atlanta, that's what the Lord spoke to me. He says, you have no idea. 
And, and to be honest, no, no joke, the fear of God came on me, and the only thing I got to think was, don't let me mess it up. Like, don't, 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 don't let me mess it up. He says, you have no idea. I've been walking with you for quite a while, and it's, it's like, it's, it's not about what you know. It's like, you have no idea what I want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we get to be a part of something where Scripture says, for eternity, we're going to see the glory of this. It's going to constantly evolve inside of his bride, but throughout heaven. And we've been graced to live in this time and to be a part of something that this is not some pastor or someone has conjured up in prayer. This is something that was in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. And right now we get to be a part of that. Are y'all with me? I'm also seeding the atmosphere so we understand the gravity of the moment. You have to take hold of the time. What Mordecai told his niece, Esther, who knows that you've come to the kingdom for such time as this, but that's the part that we quote. But he said, if you keep silent at this time, you have to grab the bull by the horns, he says, because deliverance will come. Deliverance will come, but we can actually be on the sideline and not be in the middle. You can feel the presence of God and still not be in the middle of what God's doing. You can hear the voice of God and still not be in the middle of what God's doing. I got your attention? So God loves to birth things from the most important thing, and that's people. God loves to birth things from the most important thing in his heart, and that is you. God chooses to birth this inside of a person, a group of people, a family. God's designed us. It's the way you're designed. He's designed us to do life together. You're not created to be separate. You're not created not to do life inside of community. And if you hadn't figured this out yet, people are tricky. And if you don't think they are, you're the tricky one. And when God's wanting to bring revival inside of a place of community so that it can birth something even greater, what God wants to do is God wants to shake, establish, give us vision, give us direction, all these things because he loves us so much and he wants us to be right in the middle of all he's doing. Somebody say, I'm chosen. And you were chosen before you ever did anything in this life. Bad, good, terrible, excellent. God chose you. And God didn't choose you as like, hey, there's four on the team. I need five. Oh, you're fifth. No, God chose you first. God chose you first. You wasn't God's second choice. He chose you first. You. He chose you first. Are you with me? That's his heart. Us taking communion, there's no greater choice than for him to shed blood and say, you're my choice. Are you with me? And we got to make sure that we filter things through the cross so that we don't get inside of a place of condemnation or we get in a place of where we're beating ourselves up. It's not about that because Jesus was the one who took every inconsistency from our life, put it on himself, and he says, so when I speak, I speak in a way so I can raise you up as my child, set you up on a high place. 
and use you for my kingdom. And we filter things so much through whether it be offense, timidity. Are you with me? So streets of gold. So we have little streets of gold. We have little streets of gold in heaven. You good? That's all good. We family. So we have streets of gold in heaven, all right? There's little streets of gold, but the things inside of Scripture are also prophetic pictures of things that God wants us to experience right now inside of the earth. I'm going to say that again, all right, so in case you, um, streets of gold in heaven are, it's a literal place that we're going to go one day, but at the same time, it's a picture, all right, of things that God wants you to experience right now. There's there's streets, there's, there's places of community that God wants you to experience now. You see what I'm saying? Isaiah 58, we just come off 21 days of prayer and fasting. In Isaiah 58, it talks about this. It says you're going to be called someone who is a restorer of the streets to dwell inside of. Right? God in revival, he does, he drives out crime. You know, the human trafficking, ten, we're, we're in the top 10 in America with humans being stolen Forced into things that are absolutely demonic. Revival changes those things. But the community is big and it starts with us. The streets of gold is big and it starts with us. Excuse me. So what I want to do today is I want to talk from two prayers. I want to chat with you a little bit about two pictures inside of these prayers. Somebody say to say, Lord, challenge me. We should want that more than anything, right? You know, it's cool when Nate tells me he loves me, right? A friend, a very close friend. But at the same time, we should have people around us that will challenge us. We should want that. We should embrace that. It's a gift. Yeah. I don't want Alan just telling me anything I want to hear. Are y'all with me? We should want that. We should embrace that as family. Okay? We should want that inside of our life. And remember what I said. We filter everything through the cross. There's nothing that God says to you that's ever in a form of punishment or is he ever mad at you. Ever. It is always through the concept of I chose you. Before you made a mistake, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I chose you. And everything is always about elevate you. When you look at Hebrews 11 and 12, the heroes of faith who went before us that ran this race that brought Jesus into the world. Chapter 12, you have this race that's set before you. And then the next six verses deals with, if you're a son or a daughter, he says there's going to be chastening. He says, if not, then he says you're illegitimate. So you have this race, and then God begins to explain on this race, I'm going to make sure that I keep my child on the path that I've called them to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this path is God wanting to do something so unique inside of this city. And say this, man, say this out to your mouth. Don't let me miss it. That was what I was saying in Atlanta. Don't let me miss it. Me first as a husband I came back home and repented to my wife. 
I was repenting there. I was on my face. And repentance, don't just, it's not just confession. It starts there, but you work that out. It's a process. You never get to a place, man, where you've arrived. But my heart there, they were, they were talking about women and saying how, you know, these, these dumb preachers, I'm, I'm on camera too, these dumb preachers who want to actually push down the voice of a woman and not elevate the voice of a woman. And in that midst, God's speaking to me. You have no clue what I, what, what I want to do. And I'm just like, don't let me miss it. Because we will. Do you hear what I'm saying? Don't let me be, a, don't let me be dumb. So you guys turn to Ephesians 3. If you have your physical Bibles, you get brownie points in heaven. If you don't and you just have a phone, God still loves you. God still loves you. We'll have it up on the screen if you don't have a phone either. Has anybody ever heard of the Great Awakenings that happened in America? There was two Great Awakenings. Things just poured out into the streets. This, was, this is not great preaching. This is not. You, you see what I'm saying? The preachers in those days, you know, Jonathan Edwards, you know, George Whitfield, these, I mean, they, they were incredible. They, they were. But it wasn't because of that. It's because God was pouring something out that birthed a nation. This was before America was a nation. Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, there's a greater kingdom. One that, ha- that will not pass away. And God has systematically in history poured out so that we can be a part of something that he's establishing for eternity. Even in the church of Ephesus, God did this, where that people were coming out into the streets and they were giving up the things that were hindrances and they were actually doing this in the streets. Streets of gold where you would see inside of a city things that you would never think that could ever happen ever could happen. There's no way that can happen. God says, we have no idea. We have no idea. Are you guys provoked a little bit? So because we are so invested in a lifestyle of prayer, the Lord put two prayers on my heart just to chat from. Like what Pastor Nate says, we have prayer on Sundays at 4 o'clock. Hey guys, make that a priority. Yeah, no, make that a priority. Make the prayer service a priority inside of your life. I mean, if it's physically possible for you to be here, come. Yeah, you kids can run around, pray, real talk. Monday as well. You know, this becomes the thing that God uses, the catalytic moment that God uses to begin to bring to pass him stepping on the scene and changing everything. It's not great preaching. No, it's not a great church. It's a movement of prayer, tears. That's why I wanted you to come pray. Well, God begins to actually give you sorrow for things, and then your voice becomes different when you have sorrow for something. You hear what I'm saying? So Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, 
according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. We jumped over uh, Friday night to uh, the Gathering Place Church from Atlanta. I told Pastor Matt, um, this is the church that uh, a lot of this family came from, and um, a few of us were on staff. I said, hey, man, I'm coming over Friday. He said, man, I want you to open the service up. It's an encounter service on a Friday night. And I said, well, I'm a little nasal, um, but I'll, I'll give it my best. And the Lord put this passage on my heart. He put it on my heart, get on your knees. And he paused me at this part right here where it says the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Those are dimensions of a temple. The temple of God the church of God, the bride of Christ, all that's synonymous so that you'll understand how God wants to stretch you in this current season. Are you with me? How God wants to stretch you in this current season. Hey, let, let, we, we, we talked about this the first uh, three weeks in January, the second three weeks, but we talked about the last thing we said is let your yes, let your yes be so resounding that it's not no. Pastor Nate preached on new wineskins, a mindset. Hey, listen, guys, we get so spiritual. Sometimes I was getting on the plane, the Lord checked me on food. I eat pretty healthy. Like, real talk, there's things that God wants to take us into. And sometimes it ain't even a matter of maybe even the diet. Sometimes it's a matter of God will actually give you something, and it will be a test. And he wants to weigh you in the balance and see if you will actually take what he's telling you and run with it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, that don't make any sense. And we all failed the test. But he wants to stretch us inside of this season, left, right, up, down. And I'm giving you a cheat sheet now. Just say yes, even when it don't make sense. That we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's revival. Revival is Jesus. There's no such thing as revival without Jesus. And revival is Jesus stepping on the scene. Hell has to bow. Everything changes. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory. Listen to this. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is a prayer by God. And he says, what happens is forever and ever. Nobody understands the word forever. What is the end of your day today? It's midnight. What is the end of your week this week? It's Saturday. What are you looking forward to in this life? There is a deadline. There is a point that you can look at on the beach and see the horizon. None of us understand that concept of forever. And could you be in a moment to where God wants to do something that forever is impacted. Are y'all with me? Worship team, y'all with me? Y'all should come closer. Yeah. You know, when you go to a concert and you pay for tickets, I'm messing with them. You always want to sit up close. So in this chapter, chapter 1, there's a prayer God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God, flood the eyes of our hearts so that we can know three things, so that you can understand, okay, your calling, 
so that you can understand the inheritance that Jesus paid for and you can actually understand his power. That's a prayer in chapter 1. In chapter 2, God begins to deal with a very practical piece inside of the kingdom of how he's forming community. But watch this, guys. He's doing something in an invisible world that you don't see. In the end of chapter 2, he says that I'm building you together. Listen to me. I'm building you together a dwelling place of me in the spirit. This is revival that God's given us language for. He says, I'm building something. So I say in advance, hey, this is the plan. And I begin to form something so that I can step on the scene and everything changes when I step on the scene. I'm forming a dwelling place of myself in the spirit. This happens in a home with a husband and a wife and kids. This happens inside of a church family. But God's doing that in this city to boomerang and see this fire stretch around the world. Are you with me? Is anybody mad at me? Okay, I'm just checking. If you got your arms folded and you're looking at me mean, you look like you're mad. So because of this, God is forming things. There's streets of gold in heaven where people just pour out to and hang out. It should be the same concept here. But we're so challenged inside of relationships. Notice in this prayer, this is what it says. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, from the whole family, watch this, in heaven and earth is named. One family. How does God see you right now? How does God see you right now? Like right now, how does he see you as his child? So any person that has already went to heaven and they're walking around inside of heaven, any person that's up in heaven right now, God don't see you any different than the ones he sees in heaven. This is not registering. Nate was hitting it on the head. Pastor Nate was hitting it on the head. We look in the mirror. Look, guys, we look in the mirror, and all we see is inconsistencies and challenges, and that's how we define ourselves. That's not what God says to do. He says you're, looking, you're to look into this mirror. This is the mirror. This is how you're supposed to see yourself. He says there's one family in heaven and earth, one family, and I see my kids in heaven how I see you. In Christianity, there's not behavioral modification. That's called religion. Hey, you need to do this, this, and this. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus loves you and he died for you. And the more I understand my worth, what the blood paid for. Listen, listen I'm saying what the blood paid for. It's everything. Everything the blood paid for, the more I understand that, that becomes my identity. He paid for my healing. That's part of my identity. He paid for these things. And the more I understand that, the more I'm actually walking as a child up in heaven. I'm not condemned when I make a mistake. Now, Scripture says if I just want to live in sin, I'm going to condemn myself, but even God doesn't. The woman that was caught in the act of adultery, in the act, was brought before Jesus. He said the one without sin cast the first stone. We're familiar with that, but when all the accusers left, he said, where are your accusers? She's in the presence of God. Where are your accusers? Because God wasn't accusing. In the presence of the king, he says, I don't accuse. 
It's not my nature. Scripture says there's one that accuses, and a lot of times it is the enemy. I've been duped. I've been confused. That's not the nature of God. We take that on. We take that on ourselves. And God says, that's not a son or a daughter. Listen to me. Why is this so important? If you do not understand how much you're loved and how much you're worth, watch this. You break the street of gold that comes from you to the next person. Listen to me. It's paramount for me to be connected to Pastor Nate. It's a divine relationship from years back. And the enemy works tirelessly on you and on that community. When Jesus walked up into heaven with his blood, this is what he's, this is what the Father said, whatever you want, ask me. He says, I want the nations. He says, I'm going to give them to you. In the opening of Psalms 2, it says the enemy runs his mouth night and day. This is my translation. Runs his mouth night and day to break or sever the cords of community. Why? Because God says, this is how I, I designed you. I designed you for this. And when I understand my gold, my gold begins to flow out. And I can always see the gold inside of somebody else. And it creates this community. It creates this free flow. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It creates in the spirit a street of gold because he says, I'm forming a place in the spirit. And the more you understand that, there's just this flow that happens. We've talked about this in January. Three things that we believe was a target of God is to understand your worth, upgrade in your thought process, and let your yes be so resounding that we don't say no. Don't think for a minute I get to a place where I know something in the Scriptures. If you're a very good student of the Word of God, the more you know, the more you'll realize, I don't know jack. No real talk. I've had the honor of starting two Bible colleges. Studying the scriptures for years, and the more I know, the more I realize I'm like a pebble, if that, inside of the mindset of God and how big he is. Do you hear what I'm saying? So the fact that we're coming back around and talking about this is because, for one, God wants to continually shake and shake and shake and say this. Shake me, Lord. Shake me, Lord. Establish, reaffirm, strengthen. Are y'all hearing me? Because though this street of gold could flow, I could hinder that street of gold. I could flow the, I could stop the community. Happens so much, especially with men and women inside of ministry. It's a guy named Alexander Dowie. He came from Australia years ago. Powerful apostle that changed an entire city, just like what you see God wants to do. The city of Chicago. The politics were changed. The crime was changed. He even bought a plot of land. I believe he got off a little bit, called it Zion City. But this is what's crazy. People know about this guy named John G. Lake and how he impacted Africa. And I don't know if you know about F.F. F. Bosworth and some of these people that were so used of God. But there was a street of gold that came from him. There was a street of gold that flowed from him, and these guys were groomed up under him. And they changed the world. There was a habitation that was being built, but there was a street of gold that flowed. But later in Dowie's life, he was out in California. And there was this incredible woman. I love her. Mother Etter. 
you haven't read about her, you need to know who she is. Because of all the generals I've ever read, Mother Etta was the baddest. Real talk. Like the men couldn't compare to Mother Etta. Y'all heard about the Quakers? You know why they called them the Quakers? It's because they shook under the power of God and people would actually come against that because they didn't understand. When Mother Edda's day, the women wasn't honored and Mother Edda would just hold her hand up and folks would just fall out. Whack! And she was used of God. It had no formal training in the Word, but she was still a student of the Word. She didn't go to seminary. She knew Jesus. She's out in California. There's an earthquake coming. She prophesies about what's going to happen. And as she's out there, Dowie puts his mouth on her. You know what that means, right? Scripture says, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. King David wouldn't dare, wouldn't dare touch Saul. And Saul was trying to kill him. Even if he didn't agree with her, he should have never. He severed the gold streak. You know what Mother Edder said? I'll keep going. He won't be around. That's exactly what happened. We know in part, we prophesy in part. We need to learn. Listen, guys, we need to learn. We need to learn. We need to learn. There's got to be a gold street that comes from me, and it begins with me knowing my worth and who I am in the kingdom. There's so many people in the body of Christ that are lepers. I want you to hear me on this. They have sores right before you, and you can see it, and I want to step away. And when Jesus come on the scene and he touched the leper, leprosy in Scripture represents sin. He wanted to physically heal him. But if you study the, the Bible in a chronological order, he didn't pick Matthew. Y'all seen Chosen, right? You know how all of them hate Matthew? He didn't pick Matthew until after he healed the leper. In the timeline, to even teach his boys, the one that you hate the most, I'm going to put him right in the midst and I'm going to challenge the mess out of you. But he was healing the leper to teach him a lesson. That under the old covenant, they had to be separated and they couldn't be in community. And he says, no, there's a new covenant coming where I'm actually going to, I don't care what they look like. I don't care what's visible. I don't care what sin it is. I'm going to touch them and I'm going to bring them into community. And though he did that physically to heal the man, but he did it prophetically to show even the core that would change the world. Tim, you mad at me? Okay, I'm just checking. Okay, I'm just checking. Y'all good? I know it's heavy in here. And I'm out of time. I'm going to say this last prayer. You guys can come on up. Y'all ain't got to go the back way. No, y'all ain't got to go back way. Y'all come on right on up. Yeah. We family. Y'all come right on up. You know, listen, historically, this has happened in denominations. The Protestants bashed the Catholics. They got bad theology. God raises up. The Lutherans, God raises up different people. Every denomination's bashed the next one. It's happened in history. You can study it. God's trying to do something different where the church doesn't look by what they see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is the ministry in 2 Corinthians 5. Where he says, you're a new creation. You are a different child. He says, I do not judge no longer according to the flesh by what I see. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is the big idea here? Is because if I can't see the gold, Jesus chose them before they ever made a mistake. That could be the greatest asset that God ever wanted to bring inside of your life. And you don't see your worth. You don't see your worth, and that's the reason why you're separating yourself. That make sense? Prophesy. Bring closer to you even the most outcast and even the ones close to you when there's been challenges. Amen? Let me get you guys to go and stand. I'm going to read Philippians 1. So the prayer, the chat, honor everybody's time. We're going to do an altar call and let you guys come forward for prayer. Um, these are apostolic prayers. There's two in Ephesians. There's one in Philippians. There's one in Colossians. There's a couple in Thessalonians. These are prayers that God put inside of the Bible. We're, we're inside of coming out of 21 days, but there's something really incredible that God's do, doing inside of prayer. Learn these prayers. Listen, I learned these prayers years ago. I just read them back to God. That's the only reason I can quote them, because I read them back to God so many times. Philippians 1 says, I pray that your love abounds more and more, in knowledge and all discernment, that you approve the things that are excellent, that you be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. The key word, watch this, guys, is sincere. Pastor Nate mentioned it earlier. He was speaking prophetically about all the offense. This is the thing that's clouded the church the last two years is offense. And sometimes it's not just a matter of you not knowing your worth. Sometimes it's a matter of your zeal. Sometimes it's a matter of what you love and value. And the enemy comes in and he tries to enter into a value or a virtue and get a foothold. There's not a person in this room that hasn't missed it, including myself, where we've yielded to the enemy. But God wants to break that off, even as Pastor Nate was saying, to break that off so that we don't walk in no offense. Matter of fact, let's say it this way. I have no right to be offended. Jesus was the one that was chastised. He was beat so that I could be healed, so that I could walk in peace. I, I have no right to be offended at you. It don't matter if you spit in my face. I have no right to be offended at you because Jesus saw the worth before they ever spit. I have no right. But I can't do that unless I'm sincere. And the word sincere in the original language back in antiquity, it means to be tested by sunlight. So what they would do is they would take clay pots, and after they formed them, they would set them outside. And as the sunlight would hit them, they could see the cracks inside of the clay pots. And God says, realize this, you got cracks. And if I don't actually understand that I got cracks, then that's the only way I'm going to approach Everybody else is through cracks. That's all I'm going to see. We all have to be tested by sunlight. We all have to be tested by him. Do you know what I'm saying? John 1, he says this. He talks about walking in the light as he is in the light. And it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But it says when we do this, it says that we have fellowship with one another. Are you hearing me? As I walk in the light as he is in the light. I'm allowing God to test me with his light. And it makes it to where I have fellowship. Man, I'm not better than you. And you ain't better than me. There's an equality inside of the kingdom. Listen, this is not, this is not about a, a cute message. This is about our hearts. 
if I don't get this right, watch this, and walk this out, I will continue to be like the children of Israel and go around that same mountain. And the largeness of the church does this. They walk in a fence, they walk by what they see, and they keep going around that mountain. They can still hear from God, can still feel the presence, can be with the great music and all that, and still go around that same mountain, still come to church, still pay your tithes, all those spiritual gymnastics, and never be inside of the perfect will of God. This real talk, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. Like Jesus is serious about you. I mean serious. He shed his blood. And God wants to wake up his bride. He says in Ephesians, wake up. You who sleep, rise from the dead and I will give you light. Light. Are you with me? You mad? Hey, listen, man, share your limp. You got a limp. You know what my limp is? I spent 12 years and seven months in federal prison. And I share it often. I share it sometimes inside of circles and it makes people, I'm like, are you blushing? Like, don't feel bad for me. I'm a testimony. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't have to smell of smoke on me. People ask me when I come home from prison, you have a hard time getting back. No, I'm not having a hard time with nothing except these smartphones. Like we saw them on TV coming out. We we're like, oh, wow, look at that. Like God took Jacob and made Jacob into Israel. And he did it and gave him a limp. Now you got a limp. And in the church, what happens is we want to hide our limp. He's not called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. God identifies himself with the limp. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At the end of Jacob's life in Hebrews 11, it says he was leaning on his staff, worshiping the Lord, speaking over his kids, still showing his limp in the last days on earth. And if we learn this, and we operate this way. It creates streets of gold. Like I'm missing this divine relationship right around me. I'm scared to expose myself. Are y'all hearing me? I want to look a certain way, which we see in culture. Man, you know those pictures you post on social media don't look like you. I'll get the perfect filter. Y'all get the perfect this and that. We all do it. That's not reality. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? You like by God. Get a revelation on that. You like by God. There can be no greater like. We got to learn to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? And it begins with us on the inside, understanding how much you're valued. And you're so valued. You're so special. You're so loved. Beyond what you know. Beyond what you've ever read. Any book, any message, any revelation you've had from God, beyond all that, you are loved more than that. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be praying, man. Just, Lord, take us by the hand and walk us into greater places of understanding my value. Let me be connected. Let me be a street of gold, but let me be connected. Amen?
Lord, we love you so much. We love you, Jesus. Guys, I don't want you to feel any kind of condemnation. I don't want you to feel any kind of guilt. I don't want you to feel that. All right? You can stay in your seat. Ask the Lord show you in areas. Where you're challenged on the inside. How you think about yourself. How you think about others. Ask, your, ask the Lord. Usually the first thought that pops into your mind is it. Repentance don't mean just I confess my sin. That's just a beginning point. I got to change the way I think. That's repentance. I got to change the way I think. I got to change the way I respond, act, all those things. So Lord, I ask you to show me. Show me areas where I see myself incorrectly and I see others incorrectly. Show me, Lord. Smash me, Lord. Undo me, Lord. Let me feel, Lord, the weight of heaven. Sunday Korombo, we bless you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, even in the room. Scripture says the goodness of God leads us to repentance. If you're in this room today and you have never accepted Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand and be bold. If you've never accepted Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior, He loves you and He died for you. He loves you and He died for you. The gospel is He wants to come into your heart and save you and to walk with you every day. Best you raise your hand. I want to pray with you.